0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The events in today's Gospel take place at the conclusion of the Palm Sunday Triumphal Entry into Jerusalem. St. Luke makes a unique contribution to the Palm Sunday narrative. He tells us that as Jesus approached the city, he paused to weep and mourn over the city and to prophesy what would be the consequences, to prophesy in graphic and stark terms, what would be the consequences of Jerusalem's rejection of him. We can read it again. Uh, it's a little obscure to the King James of the prayer book. In, in the New King James translation, it, it, it brings out a little bit more uh, what what he is saying. Quote, If you had known... Even you, especially in this your day, the things that make for your peace. But now they are hidden from your eyes. For the days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you and surround you and close you in on every side and level you and your children within you to the ground. And they will not leave in you one stone upon another because you did not know the time of your visitation. This is a prophecy of historical events that took place near AD 70. The Roman legions led by the general Titus did indeed march down upon Jerusalem, levelled the city and the temple, and did not leave in it one stone upon another. This was not the first time that the Jewish temple was destroyed by an invading pagan army whose actions were described biblically as God's judgment. In 586 BC, the Babylonian army, coming from what is essentially modern Iraq, also besieged Jerusalem and leveled the city and the temple. The prophet Jeremiah had a long ministry that spanned a time from roughly 620 BC up until the Babylonian destruction of the temple. He had the unenviable job of calling the nation of Israel to repent and letting them know what would be the stark consequences if the people did not change their behavior. Today's second morning prayer lesson from the Old Testament from Jeremiah, if you read that from the prayer book and the lectionary, give you a a flavor of Jeremiah's ministry and and how it met uh, with the response in Israel. Jeremiah was a very unpopular man during his lifetime. Nobody liked him. He was recognized as a prophet posthumously because everything he said would happen came to pass. The prophet Ezekiel was a contemporary of Jeremiah. Whereas Jeremiah's ministry took place actually geographically within Israel, Ezekiel's ministry took place in Babylon. Before the Babylonians destroyed the temple in 586, they had already taken some Jewish people into exile, including Ezekiel. In Babylon, God gave Ezekiel visions. Ezekiel was caught up in the Spirit and carried to Jerusalem, where he had visions of the kind of things that were taking place in the temple. God showed him all of the idolatrous worship practices that were taking place in the temple that had supplanted the true worship of God that was supposed to be taking place therein. But the most memorable thing Ezekiel saw was the departure of God, God leaving the temple and the city. King Solomon built that temple and dedicated it about the year 1070 B.C., And 1 Kings describes how, at the dedication, the glory of God filled the temple and God took up residence therein in the Holy of Holies. Quote, A cloud filled the house of the Lord, so that the priests could not stand to minister because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. Then Solomon said, I have built thee an exalted house, a place for thee to dwell forever. First Kings describes the coming of God's glory to the temple and God taking up residence. In Ezekiel's vision, God rose up from the temple and God left. He paused as he was leaving at the entryway, the doorway of the temple, and then he left the city by way of the Mount of Olives. And this provides a connection with our gospel. Jesus entered Jerusalem coming over the Mount of Olives in a purposeful undoing of the departure recorded by Ezekiel. For Jesus is the glory of God in human form and in the person of Jesus the glory of God returns to the temple. Of course, Jerusalem rejected the glory of God again. Jesus was let out of the city and crucified outside of the city walls. God is Israel's protector and defender. When the people reject God and his will and word for them, and God leaves, the people have no protection The departure of the glory of God described by Ezekiel left the temple and the city defenseless and open to the invasion by the Babylonians. In a similar way, the rejection of Jesus by Jerusalem in the first century left the nation again without defense, without protection, and paved the way for the events of A.D. 70. In both destructions of the temple, those who listened to the word of God and did what God asked them to do were saved from the physical destruction. Those who listened to what Jeremiah said and did what Jeremiah said to do were treated favorably by the Babylonians when they came. The early Christians... Those who put their faith in Jesus, those who listened to his message to repent and believe and follow him, were warned by prophets to flee the city. And they were safely across the Jordan River before the Roman legions arrived. This is a model of our salvation. Each week we say, he shall come again with glory to judge the quick and the dead, A day is coming when the Son of God will be fully revealed. We will see dimensions of reality open up that are now hidden from us. We will see Jesus in the fullness of his glory and the thoughts of every heart will be revealed. Eternity will fully and finally break into time. And that which is eternal, that which is rooted in God and his presence will remain, and that which is temporary will vanish and pass away. This future revealing of our Lord is anticipated in every Eucharist. Here, eternity breaks into time. Here we taste and experience, in part, and in a moment in time, what we will experience then in full and for eternity. Here Jesus comes to the new Jerusalem. And as we receive him into our hearts by faith, we are saved from our sins and from judgment. As Jesus said, Most assuredly I say to you, he who hears my word, And believes in him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but is passed from death into life. And, quote, he who eats my body and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise him up at the last day. Jesus wept over the city of Jerusalem because the people rejected him. And in rejecting him, we're left to face the consequences of their sins. There are consequences for rejecting God's will. And there is grace and forgiveness and freedom from judgment for those who put their faith in Jesus, the Son of God, and follow him. This is our special status as God's children. We are the children of God and the heirs of his kingdom. Judgment is not for us. Judgment is for the unbelieving world. Nonetheless, the reality of judgment provides us with a sobering reminder that we do indeed, in fact, need to be saved. Thus, let us make sure that we see Jesus when he comes to us now, and that we receive him when he comes to us now. Let us make sure that we know the things that make for our peace. Let us make sure we know the time of our visitation. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.